Welcome to LilyPod episode 84, The Power of Yet. Jeff and Kathy Teichert, bringing you another episode of LilyPod, a production of Love in Later Years. We are certified life coaches, authors of the Amazon bestseller Intentional Courtship, and members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our messages are directed toward mid-singles and later married couples. We also welcome all who enjoy personal growth and enriching relationships. Welcome, LilyPod listeners, and thank you for joining in today. We want to discuss uh, the power of yet. And Kathy, can you tell us what that is? Yes. So it comes from my days as a Suzuki violin teacher. And I had a young student working with her dad at home practicing violin. And she just kept saying, I can't get it. I don't mm. get it. And she was so frustrating. It was so frustrating for her and for her dad. And he wanted to teach her an object lesson. So he took a black magic marker and went and wrote on their living room wall. I kid you not. They sent me a picture and he, <laughs> and he put Y-E-T exclamation point in really, you know, bold, you know, capital letters. Okay. And this yet stayed on their living room wall for a while because he wanted to have her add that after every frustrating incident. So I don't get it yet. I don't understand yet. I'm not healed emotionally yet. I haven't found the person of my dreams. I haven't made a successful marriage yet. yet. And, you know, a lot of the, the things we've mentioned and the things we talk about in our group are that kind of yet because they don't work out until they do. Exactly. And it only takes once to get it right. Right. I mean, actually, in, in music, we want to get it right many times over so that we'll sure. always get it right. But in terms of a relationship, we just need that one special someone, and it doesn't work until it does. Right. And so if you say, oh, the guys never that I like never like me, or the girls that I like never like me, well, the girls you like never like you yet. <clears throat> the guys you like don't like you yet. But someone, somewhere out there, there is that someone who will. And there's probably more than someone for most of us. Right. You know, <clears throat> this reminds me of a really important philosophy that I learned early in my teacher training from not only a Suzuki teacher trainer, but he was also a child psychologist. And he said, if at first you don't succeed, and of course, everybody's like, try, try, try again, right? <laughs> and, and he said, never try it again the same way. <laughs> and, um, you know, in terms of, of learning music and teaching music, what that means is if you give someone a passage that is too difficult for them and they keep floundering, Break it down to a smaller, more manageable step so that they can experience success. 
Right. And how would that apply to dating? Well, I mean, I think one mistake that a lot of mid singles make, and in the beginning I made it too, but it's, you get a date with someone you're kind of excited about, you go on the date and instantly you're thinking, is this person a candidate for eternal marriage with me or not? And they're jumping way ahead, you know, way ahead to the end from the beginning. And I think that that's a mistake. It's important to take that bite-sized piece and say, I'm going to go out and really enjoy this person's company for one evening. I'm going to get to know him or her. I'm going to, you know, learn about their story and their, their life history, their career, whatever. And I'll worry about the rest later, but I'll focus on enjoying the one evening first. Well, it seems like it's very common, especially for those who've been married before. They're used to being in a committed relationship to kind of get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. It's really understandable even that it's it's uncomfortable to go just on a date with someone and just see it as an evening. Right. Uh, and it, I, I guess it's actually is kind of like learning an instrument or something new that takes one little step at a time include and it that that includes every relationship we develop because uh, it's not usual that we have such an instant like perfect connection that we just know they're the one i mean right. what it took us two years right to figure this out and and we were a little clumsy while we were doing it at times yes you know there was a a woman that i went on a first date with and i was mentioning this to kathy earlier today she was set up with me by a good friend who has been a bishop and she was in his ward and we went out on a, on a date and she was pretty she was intelligent uh you know she seemed like a uh, an interesting person and i asked her out for a second date what do you think happened well she said uh no you're a great guy but you're not really what i'm looking for i mean though in so many words that's what she said and I just want to make the point that when I think back on that now, I don't care. I don't take it personally. I don't think there was anything wrong with her doing and saying what she did. I just hadn't found the right person for me yet. You know, and we don't want mean to say that yet is always going to put it out in the future because we want you to believe that it could happen any minute. <laughs> right. But the yet is more for when you get discouraged and you want to give up. Right. In fact, and not just for dating, but for anything worthwhile, for any righteous desire of your heart that hasn't happened yet, stay the course because sometimes we're right around the corner from a big breakthrough when we feel the most frustrated. And you know, maybe it's just a matter of switching up a little bit how we're seeing things or how we're doing things right. and being willing to explore other ways, other possibilities of how we ap 
approach it. For instance, if you're really worn out of dating, well, back off a little bit, but keep yourself open. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I'd love to bring up right now another thing that um, has come to my attention recently. Um, you know, actually, it's been a while now that I've I've known about praying for things in advance, thanking God in advance for the things that we desire, that we believe he has the power to bring into our lives. And so the power of yet can be accompanied by thanking God in advance. Hey, God, I know it hasn't happened yet and I'm 50 years old and I haven't met like the person, my person, um, and everything I've tried so far has failed. Uh, I'm so grateful that you're working this all out for me, that you're, you're leading me to him or her. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's important to understand that God has things that, you know, he's not that he's laying traps for us, but there's things he wants us to go through in this life to build the kind of character that he wants us to have and so forth. But there's also that verse in Romans eight, which I quote all the time, that all things work together for good to them that love God and who are called according to his promise. And folks, that's you. That's me. That's Kathy. That's uh, people who are called according to his promise. And we, we love him, right? So all things are going to ultimately work together for our good, even though uh, sometimes it requires a little patience getting there. Sometimes it requires us to stretch ourselves a little bit beyond what's really comfortable for us. Yes. And, um, you know, sometimes we'll learn a correct principle and we'll practice it in certain ways, but it won't really dawn on us to use it in other ways until later. For instance, I just had a coaching client tell me that she was struggling to find something, find something important. Uh, I mean, have you ever lost something important and you need to find it and you're stressed out and desperately searching? And um, what she ultimately decided to do was sleep on it. She figured if it was lost to her, it would probably be lost to other people and hopefully no one else would find it before she did. And she, so she went to sleep, got some rest, put herself kind of in a better headspace, and then she remembered about the idea of praying in advance. So she prayed like, kind of like, thank you so much for helping me find this thing. And then she found it. Yeah. And, like she found it where she'd already looked before she found it. And, um, I'd never thought of that. And then I thought, oh, oh my goodness, we need to apply this in our dating lives. Absolutely. For sure. Because we were sent here not just to learn through trials and hardships, which many of us know, many of our listeners know trials and hardships. We are also sent here to experience success, especially in the realm of marriage and family. And we're not trying to give you false hope. What we're trying to do is um, give you this idea that you can have, you can increase your faith by praying and by thanking God in advance for helping you to receive the desires of your heart. And, you know, even if it takes a while, you know, um, and maybe you could say, Hey, like, I'd love it to happen sooner, but I'm trusting your timing and I'll keep my eye out. <laughs> you know, anything that helps us work collaborative, collaboratively with him. You know, it's funny 
not funny, you know, ha ha, but funny, strange. Um, in, in the way we approach a lot of these things, Kathy and I understand, and I promise you we do, that what we're saying may sound easy, but the reality is it's calling for you to believe in something that doesn't exist yet. And, and that's like the definition of faith. Right. Uh, the, it is the uh, um, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, to quote Paul in Hebrews chapter 11. And so I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this is easy. Uh, now, it's easier for some people than others. What I will suggest is that with practice, you can have a clearer picture in your mind of the future, what you would like it to be, what you think is going to be, and, and uh, ultimately, then you're going to be able to believe in something you can't see yet. Yes. And the yet isn't where the power is. The power is in the change of mindset. The power is in the building of faith. The power is in believing. Right. And the yet is what helps us get from discouraged and frustrated and wanting to give up, like as if it's never going to happen, to right. remembering life is not over yet. I mean, even when we die, it's not over yet. It's continual progression. Um, right. You know, I would love to also bring into this discussion a little bit of what we've been reading in Brene Brown's book called The Gifts of Imperfection. And in, in the second chapter, she talks about our worthiness. You know, and we had a discussion um, about this uh, recently where, you know, which is true? Are we worthy if we do certain things? Well, I mean, that would be true in, in terms of getting a temple recommend. There's certain things we need to believe and do in order to be able to go there. Yeah, that's one application of the term. <clears throat> but I think the way that Brene Brown means worthy is worth, divine worth. Our divine worth is intact and is powerful and there no matter what, no matter what anyone else thinks, no matter what anyone else does, not even no matter what I think or what I do. Um, our divine worth is so great that God put together this whole plan of happiness with a savior and an atonement for us. And he wouldn't have done that if we weren't worth a lot to him. And that worth doesn't change what if we're divorced. It doesn't change if we've done something we think is unforgivable. Um, and the reason I bring this up is sometimes I think when love hasn't happened for us the way we might have hoped, we start, start feeling unworthy of it. Right. Why wasn't I good enough, you know, to have had this blessing? If I liked someone and they didn't like me back and I, I had a lot invested, well, why wasn't I good enough to be with that person? And of course, I'm suggesting that you talk back to those feelings because uh, all of us are worthy of love. All of us are worthy of acceptance. All of us are worthy of uh, being treated with dignity and all of that. 
Now, that doesn't mean someone else has to choose us as their one partner. Uh, someone else ultimately will. But if they don't, it's not that you're not good enough. It may be like the woman that I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago that said in so many words, you're a great guy, but not exactly what I'm looking for. Well, and how many times do we have to say that to someone? Sure. And it's not about them. It's about us and what we want. Right. And it's always a more kind thing to be completely honest about that so that we're not wasting anyone's time, including our own and including theirs, of course. You know, I have this question in my mind. How long do we heal before we date? That's something we have emphasized a lot. We put um, great emphasis in intentional courtship on healing. The first eight chapters are all about healing, in fact. And I, if anybody's ever wondered about intentional courtship, but they're like, nope, not ready to date yet, not ready to date. It's not just a dating book. It is actually a full circle from loss, healing, finding peace, yeah, it's and the then manual. moving forward. It's all of it. It's the manual for mid-singles. So even if you're not ready to date yet, uh, and I use the word yet advisedly, <laughs> but even if you're not ready to date yet, uh, there's a lot of information in there that can help you prepare for that. Yeah. And, and, and while we have said these things and we believe what we're saying, sometimes we've wondered if maybe we've emphasized healing too much as like something that happens separate from dating and has to happen all before dating. Right. And I, I wrote in intentional courtship that, you know, you don't want to wait to start dating until you've reached some sort of ideal or some sort of nirvana. You know, you want to, to be healed enough that you're emotionally relatively healthy. Uh, but if it's your aspiration to get out and date, uh, you know, it's it's a good idea to start when you're ready. And, and maybe to start in steps, like with learning an instrument. Start with casually dating and saying, I'm not ready for a relationship. I'm just, you know, getting to know people and practice. And I, I, that's exactly what I did. I, 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 as soon as I was divorced, I, I started dating. But uh, I would tell the women that I saw, uh, look, I just freshly got divorced. Uh, I'm rebuilding my career. I'm in a a place right now where I've got to do a lot of work before I'm really ready for a serious relationship. But, you know, I would love to get to know you and down the line, you know, who knows what could work out. And I found a number of women who were willing to go out with me on those terms and uh, ultimately, I mean, I was in that position when I met Kathy and, you know, it took two years, but we ultimately got married. And it was kind of cool to have known each other and dated for a bit and then recognized that we both weren't ready and be friends for a year. So we could grow our relationship in a way that helped us feel more trusting of it. Right. Um, so you never know how those relationships might work. So as pretty much as soon as you, like, like he said, like Jeff said, as soon as you're in a a relatively healthy mental space, know that as you date, 
if things come up for you, if you're emotionally triggered by something and you get upset, it doesn't mean you weren't ready. It just means that's part of your healing process. That's part of what, what we're doing in the dating world is to help each other heal um, right, or to help ourselves heal as we interact with people who help us see where maybe we have another layer. Yeah. And if you don't have a dating partner to press your buttons, I mean, I'm using that term loosely, but if you don't have a dating partner that's there triggering you, you may feel that you're more healed than you really are because sometimes we need uh, to have somebody that brings those issues up. Right. But that doesn't mean you weren't ready. It just means that you were ready for this next step right. of healing. And quite frankly, Jeff and I have continued healing as married partners. Um, it's not like we felt like we were... I mean, I do feel like we felt like we were really healed. And then, you know, we started living together and discussing all the daily things of life and realizing, oh, wow, there's some trigger subjects here. Right. <laughs> and and we we actually worked through uh, with individually with an EMDR trauma therapist. And it's amazing how our conversations went from really charged about certain subjects to now it's just really relaxed and logical. And right. <laughs> we couldn't do that before. We just had to get some trauma out of our bodies. That's all it was. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a an interesting point. And I think it's something each of you needs to make a, a decision about uh, how you're going to go about uh, incorporating the healing process into your dating process and vice versa. Uh, we believe intentionality is really important. One phrase that rubs me a little the wrong way sometimes is, I'm just working on me. And I believe in working on me. Don't get, get me wrong. But sometimes I think people that really would like to have a relationship and like to start dating, but they're afraid use that as an excuse they make to themselves. Well, I'll date eventually, but right now I'm just working on me. And and usually what working on me in that situation means is sitting and waiting for myself to heal. And we believe in very active, intentional healing. And we love what we're seeing in our love and later years community. Oh, absolutely. And how And our coaching clients for sure. Um, and also we have a Lily ladies group and a Lily nights group. So if you're a man out there or a woman who would like um, supportive peers, it, those are really great opportunities to practice um, loving communication um, in a safe space. Right. And, you know, there's a, one of one of these women I really admire um, who is in our love and leaders community. Her name's Becky Putman. And she recently made a comment that really stuck out to me. She said, balance and consistency. In, in regards to Jeff writing an article about healing before we date, like what, you know, uh, kind of like just the idea that, yes, it's important, but it's not everything. And it's part, sometimes dating is part of the healing, right? right. And she said, I pray to know where I should be. Um, and I've been led to some incredible outcomes when I follow those promptings even when it's not what I initially thought I wanted. And I know I experienced that in my mid-single years. In fact, I think what prepared me most for marriage wasn't dating, although I dated a lot. It was actually, in addition to dating, it was doing things 
that weren't dating that prepared me for our marriage. Like I sold my home and I moved here and this has been the perfect home for us. You went through all of your stuff and got rid of it so that when you moved in, it would fit like perfectly. Yeah. Without that specific intention, but exactly. Neither of us had that in mind. And yet what we did for our own selves lined up. Kathy, do you know what is the most commonly used phrase in the scriptures? What is it? Ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Mm -hmm. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And for those who have been waiting a long time, do you ever get frustrated hearing that? Well, and, and I wanna I want to drill down on it just a little bit more. Because I I used to sort of take for granted that that was Jesus saying the same thing three different ways. I think now that each of those three, uh, each of those three phrases means something a little different. They certainly harmonize, but ask and you shall receive. Well, I, I can pray and ask God for what I want. Seek and you shall find. Seek involves a little more affirmative effort on your own part, right? Go out and look for what you want, whatever that could be could be. And then knock and it shall be opened unto you. And I believe knocking and asking for admittance is about requesting permission to enter sacred space. Sacred space could include, uh, you know, holy places where we're allowed to go in this, in this life, in this world. It could also involve things like someone's heart. Uh, if we're, if we knock on the door of someone's heart, are we going to be allowed in, uh, to walk on that sacred ground? And I think, so I think all three of those, those things are part of our search for, uh, a life that is better and happier and, and including a, uh, partnership with a special person. You know, I really appreciate you breaking that down. And I think we could have a longer discussion about that sometime. Um, But I just like to invite our listeners to reach out to us if you'd like one-on-one support or um, the group support with with our Lily ladies and our Knights of the Lily group, Um, because we have some pretty amazing, deep discussions that I I think are really quite life-altering and they make a difference. So we appreciate you listening um, to LilyPod regularly and sharing with your friends and those you love um, if you find them to be helpful. And, um, you know, I just want to wrap up this podcast with the uh, the idea that the courage to love again, and and that, that takes courage not only to continue trying until you until we receive the gift, but also the courage to open our hearts and to risk. The courage to love again takes believing in the power of yet, believing that we have yet to see our lives unfold. We're still in process. I think it's the great lie of the adversary to say that it's too late or that we're not worthy or that Um, somehow because it hasn't happened, it's not going to. Yeah, Kathy, uh, 
I want to throw this out there to our friends and listeners in this audience. If you haven't received yet, keep asking. If you haven't found what you're looking for yet, keep seeking. If you haven't been admitted into the space where you really want to be, keep knocking. Yes. And go ahead and have the courage to love again and to have faith that even what you haven't seen yet in your lives um, will come to pass if you continue sticking with it and keeping that commitment to continue trying until it works out for you. Right. And last of all, remember, any time is a great time for more love in your life. Thank you for listening to Lollipod. Subscribe to Lillipod and get notice of each new weekly episode. If you enjoy what you heard, give us a positive review. We want to reach as many mid-singles and later married couples as possible, so please share this podcast with those you love. To access fabulous free content like written articles and YouTube videos on LilyDube, and to learn about our book Intentional Courtship and Lily Coaching Services, visit loveinlateryears.com.